You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, your pal in the kitty copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. You can find the show on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. And today, we have a very special guest, our good old pal, Sam Ekstrom, former host of this show back in like 2017, zone coverage aficionado, now part of Purple Insider. So he came on to talk about his new gig, talk Vikings a little bit, talk about some of the broader topics. So we are going to spend most of the show on that. But first, I want to talk about something that we kind of talked about a couple of weeks ago. I've gotten a lot of mailbag questions. If you've asked me a mailbag question about Jimmy Garoppolo, I probably haven't answered it in Twitter Tuesday. And that's because I kind of wanted to save it for a different discussion, um, because the the idea of trading Kirk Cousins for Jimmy Garoppolo and like draft picks or, or whatever, um, I think warrants more than just a quick mailbag answer. I think it's a, it's a deeper discussion. And I had that discussion in uh, a zone coverage article, which I'll link in the show notes for you. Uh, but basically, there's kind of two parts to it. A, what is Kirk Cousins' trade value? We've kind of talked about that before. I think the Matt Stafford trade sort of defined what a you know veteran quarterback, 32 years old, limited post season exposure on a market rate contract goes for about a first round pick. And that's about what he counted for in that trade. The rest of the draft picks were the cost of getting rid of Jared Goff. And I think a, a Jimmy Garoppolo and Kirk Cousins trade would look kind of similar. And actually, Sam and I talk about that a, a little later on in the interview that that we'll get to here in a second. But the other part of that is a take that isn't common, but is common enough to address that some people think that trading Kirk Cousins for Jimmy Garoppolo would be an upgrade at quarterback. And then whatever other draft picks you get in return, because Kyle Shanahan loves Kirk Cousins or whatever, would be kind of gravy on top. And that is what I take issue with. So I looked at the QB annual and I wrote a big long thing, and I'll summarize it here for you if you don't want to go read that. But basically comparing the two quarterbacks, and I used a lot of Garoppolo's 2019 season in an effort to be fair and charitable to him, because his 2020 was very short, and also uh, he played through injury for a lot of it, so that marred a lot of it, but his 2020 was a total disaster. His 2019 was not better than Kirk Cousins' 2020. And Kirk Cousins regressed a little bit from 2019 to 2020, not in a catastrophic way, um, but, you know, in a way you could kind of probably expect. Cousins played really, really well in 2019, really hard to keep that up two years in a row, and he still played pretty well in 2020. That 2020 season was... I think better than Garoppolo's 2019 season where he went to the Super Bowl. And I think a lot of the supporting cast and the surrounding elements in San Francisco kind of led Garoppolo to that Super Bowl. Garoppolo wasn't quite as accurate as Kirk Cousins. And I do think that's the number one most important thing about quarterbacking is can you place the ball where you intend to place it? If you want to look at the difference between 2019 Josh Allen and 2020 Josh Allen, it's accuracy. Yeah, it helped to get Stefan Diggs and maybe the play calling was different or something like that. I'm not entirely sure, but Josh Allen was one of the worst, like least accurate quarterbacks in 2019. And he upgraded that to a decent performance and all of the rest of his tools took over. And that was kind of what took the Bills to the AFC championship game, in addition to some other changes, good defense, all that good stuff. But that was like this huge difference. And I think the difference between Garoppolo and Cousins in accuracy is really concerning. Even though Garoppolo is not an inaccurate quarterback, he isn't a 
particularly crazy accurate quarterback. He's probably above average by a little bit, but you would definitely be taking a loss there. And you wouldn't be fixing what I think is the worst problem about Kirk Cousins is the boneheaded random dumb stuff. The stupid interceptions, the throwing about uh, trying to fit the ball in a window that he shouldn't have tried. And that kind of led to some really bad plays against like Seattle and Atlanta in that one in five stretch in Indianapolis. There were a couple of interceptions uh, that were like on Hail Marys or whatever, but there were some bad plays too. And those would not be fixed with Jimmy Garoppolo. He has a lower ceiling, but not necessarily a higher floor. It just kind of seems like it's a, a, a worse package. And for more details on all that stuff, you can go to look at the zone coverage where I kind of showed my work a little more and I got into EPA and some of the charting and some of the numbers of it if you don't believe me. But here's the thing about it. If you want to get worse at the quarterback position, and I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is a franchise quarterback. I don't think he's somebody that will take your team to the promised land. Uh, the, the 49ers dragged him kicking and screaming in a perfectly healthy season to the Super Bowl. I don't think another healthy Jimmy Garoppolo season in San Francisco gets to the Super Bowl again. You kind of need this crazy amount of like help and luck around him and the biggest Kirk Cousins detractors will even admit if you put that crazy amount of help and luck around Kirk Cousins, you're going to get a good result. So we're already kind of dealing with that in the worst evaluation of Kirk Cousins. And a lot of people, you know, and I kind of made the argument uh, the other day that, you know, Kirk Cousins doesn't necessarily need a perfect offensive line just like a normal one. But if we're going to guarantee that to Cousins, we're going to get a better result than if we guarantee that to Jimmy Garoppolo, even though Jimmy Garoppolo, and this is the one thing that goes in his corner, is a better pressure eraser than Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins, that is not a strength of his, and it is a strength of Jimmy Garoppolo. But like at what cost? You get less accurate, you get uh, you know less explosive, you get the same amount of boneheaded plays, you get a little bit better against pressure. On the whole, your offense doesn't get better. And now it becomes about do you get enough back to get your next quarterback? Because the next quarterback of the Vikings can't be Jimmy Garoppolo in that situation. I mean, he can be a bridge to a rookie or whatever, but he can't be the long-term plan. So you now don't have a long-term plan at the quarterback position, whereas before you had at least the option of a long-term plan to extend Kirk Cousins, that doesn't exist with Jimmy Garoppolo. He ain't good enough to earn it. So if the 49ers want to give us, you know, a first round pick this year, a first round pick next year, and we take Jimmy Garoppolo and uh, like Sam suggested later in this show to like release him, then sure, we can have that conversation. But it becomes about flipping Kirk Cousins for liquid assets that lead to your next quarterback, not flipping Kirk Cousins for Jimmy Garoppolo. It's not unlike how the Lions traded for Jared Goff. They like Jared Goff. And if you don't like Jared Goff, there's no making sense of that trade. If you think Jared Goff is bad and you marry your franchise to Jared Goff for two years, that kind of stinks. If you think Jared Goff is good and you marry your franchise to him for two years and get a bunch of draft picks, suddenly that looks really good. And I think you have to kind of approach a potential Cousins Garoppolo trade in the same way. And I think the compensation would have to be similar, maybe a little lower because Garoppolo's contract isn't fully guaranteed, but Garoppolo is not a very appealing asset. He's kind of a zero asset to me, unless you are way higher on Garoppolo than I am, and I would argue that I think you're missing something. Now, before we get into this conversation with Sam Ekstrom, I want to talk to you really quick about your car. We are in the death grip of winter right now, and if you don't have your car prepared, you could end up in a really bad situation. Even something like a window scraper or jump jumper cables or a tire jack could be enough to turn a really scary situation into a minor inconvenience that makes you late for an appointment. And you can get all that stuff at rockauto.com. Their awesome expansive catalog has all sorts of accessories for your car, including stuff like motor oil or windshield wiper fluids, stuff that is essential to your car. And they will, all you have to do is enter your make, your model, and your year, and their catalog will sort out only compatible parts for you. So you know you're getting the right thing and you're getting a pretty good discount too, because Rock Auto doesn't give a separate price to retail 
retail customers and wholesale buyers so you aren't getting marked up. So head on over to rockauto.com. When we buy something at checkout, make sure you let them know that Locked On sent you because if you don't, I'm going to have to grab a Greyhound bus going pretty much anywhere just away from here and quietly and anonymously leave my life behind. Rock Auto, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. February is Black History Month, and the Locked On Podcast Network is honoring the challenges and successes of black men and women in sports with a new series called Locked On Presents More Than the Game. Right now, you can hear Candace Cooper of Locked On Tar Heels and Erica Ayala of Locked On Women's Basketball discuss the opportunities and challenges that come with being a black woman in sports. Subscribe to the Locked On Presents podcast feed on the Radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, let's talk to Sam Ekstrom. All right, everybody here with a very special guest. If you listened to Locked On Vikings circa 2017, you know this man very well. If you've been listening to the Zone Coverage football machine or following his writings at Zone Coverage, you know him very well. Sam Ekstrom joins me. How you doing, Sam? It's good to be here, Luke. Thank you for having me back on. And congratulations to, to the Locked On Podcast Network, which it seems like every three days I'm I'm seeing notifications. Locked On bought by Tegna, locked on, partnering mm-hmm. with radio.com. Next, I think I'm gonna gonna read about like an ESPN show that you're gonna be doing. It's uh <laughs> it seems like you're you're really on the on the ups with the locked on podcast network. So congratulations to you and David Locke. Yeah, thank you, man. And congratulations to you for your new gig, which I would love you to to tell me all about. Well first of all, I want to thank uh, the people at Zone Coverage for uh, seven amazing years and di- different iterations of it along the way. We started out as sort of a supplement to a sports radio station, and then we we turned ourselves into Cold Omaha, which was mm-hmm. the original name, and people didn't understand it, even though I thought it was clever. I and love that, uh, it turned into Zone Coverage, which was a little more sportsy, a little more relatable, and and then it morphed into what it is now, a place where. You contribute, Luke, and we brought in a lot of cool writers, and uh, I I had a blast along the way. So, obviously, nothing against zone coverage, but, um, you know, Matthew Collar is a great friend of mine. He worked at 1500 ESPN, Score North. He was the daily radio host, and when the pandemic hit, he got dealt a bad hand, got laid off in May, and brushed himself off and started this amazing company called Purple Insider. Um, Mm -hmm. And it was a one-man show for the last nine months, and he absolutely killed it. He built an incredible model. Um, He's got a lot of loyal fans. He he writes daily. He podcasts daily, and he was gracious enough to want to cut me in on that and uh, and partner with me to run the thing and expand the coverage. So I I couldn't thank Matthew enough for letting me in, and it just felt like a really good challenge and opportunity. Um, and it's just something new just to kind of shake it up. So here we are, purpleinsider.com. Uh, you can get daily Vikings content to your inbox. And for no charge at all, you can get podcasting on a daily basis as well. I hear there's another place that does that too. So I don't want to want to clomp on that. But um, yeah, the Purple Insider podcast with Matthew Collar and now Sam Ekstrom on a regular basis. So check it out if you haven't yet or at minimum, follow us on Twitter. I'm at Sam Ekstrom, and Matthew is at Matthew Collar. Very boring professional Twitter names. Of course, that's that's the way it has to be. I, I remember when uh, Collar first launched that thing, uh, the kind of beginning of the pandemic and when all of that was going on, he he came on here and we talked and we, we debated about Dalvin Cook's value. And uh, he was like, yeah, you know, it's a risk and I'm taking it and I'm launching it and just look how far it's come. It's so cool. 
Yeah, he's, I mean, you look at sort of the comment boards on his articles and the the ratings on his podcast, and it's clear that he's cultivated something that's that resonates with people. It's an informed, uh, you know, football show, but it's also very entertaining. And and Collar has this like insatiable energy to talk about football. For he sure. can go, you know, he can talk about football in the 90s, football in the 2000s, and he can pull out the the left guard on old Buffalo Bills teams. He's just got yeah. like a huge capacity for this stuff, for the the nerddom of football minutia, and and people love it, and I love it. And, uh, and I think we supplement each other pretty well and hopefully can add something new to the mix um, that Collar doesn't already have or at least some new perspectives so we can argue about stuff. I think that's what I'm looking forward to most. Yeah, that's that's always fun is when you get on, on two sides of a different thing. But let me let me get a, a little bit of your uh, your take on kind of where the Vikings are at right now. And I guess one first question, we spent all of yesterday's podcast talking about Kirk Cousins, uh, a lot of it from like the QB annual, the PFF thing that just came out and all that. So I'm thinking about Kirk a lot right now. Uh, and I guess where do you land on what the Vikings should do with Kirk Cousins? They're basically in a window where the two feasible options are trading him somewhere or extending him next off season. What are you rooting for? Yeah, and it's obviously super complex and nuanced, and like I think it depends on your trade partner. If if of course an opportunity arose where you could give him to San Francisco bring in Garoppolo and then just slash Garoppolo's contract and not have to like retain any of the Kirk money. That's appealing to me because that equals a financial reset. You don't need to keep a lot of picks too. If, if San Francisco is just dumping him the way that the Rams had to dump Jared Goff or the Osweiler thing, and you're getting all those picks, it implies like a really good haul. Yeah. It's really, I think that trade meant a lot for the potential cousins value because I think cousins is Stafford in that comparison. And I think Mm -hmm. Garoppolo is Goff, like the older, more reliable veteran quarterback was deemed to be more valuable than sort of the, the younger wildcard quarterback, which would Mm -hmm. be Garoppolo in this case. And even better, Garoppolo has 2.8 million dead, whereas Goff had, you know, tens of millions dead. Right. The Lions just have to like marry him for two years. Right. You don't you wouldn't even need to keep him for one if you didn't want to. Or he could be your bridge guy um, as you cultivate a rookie quarterback if you draft one. So that would be sort of the only situation where I would endorse a cousin's trade. And it's not a complete endorsement. I'm still going to, you know, toe the line here because I think I I do think that the division is there for the taking. Like, I don't know if it's Mm -hmm. a good year to sort of reset when. The Packers are going to have some cap casualties, probably not be as successful as they have been the last two years. The Bears are in flux. The Lions are retooling. Uh, it is there for the taking for the Vikings. So if you you know, win 10 games, I think you've got a really good chance to win the division. And with what they have coming back on offense and the assumed improvements on defense, yeah, it might be a year instead of you know selling to try to go for it. And I, I wouldn't blame them for that either. I just get really spooked by that $45 million hit in 2022. And and who do you really want to extend this out another two years at that point? You might just be stuck with the cap hit. So I'm torn on it. I tend to think that they can be good with this roster if a lot of things go right. I think they need to execute the offseason sort of perfectly, um, not just to make the playoffs, but to make a real run at it. I think a lot of things need to align. It's, It's not a 
ready-made roster to win a Super Bowl, but it's it, the pieces are in place, I think, to to be supplemented. Yeah, I, I think I'm about there on that. Obviously, you know, you can get behind a Kirk trade in a scenario where you get enough back, where it gets you to a, a place where you can get your next quarterback. I don't want the Vikings to put themselves in a place where they just don't know what's going to happen at quarterback and they have to figure it out and they're behind the eight ball there. That's not wise. And maybe that opportunity is better next offseason when you're staring down that $45 million cap hit and instead of extending him, you trade him to somebody. That team gets him for $35 million, which I think by next year will feel pretty normal. And for that reason, I think you might be able to get a little bit more for him next year than you can this year, especially if he has a good year in 2022, but obviously, or in 2021, but obviously that there's, there's a lot uh, of, of variables in that. So uh, we'll be back with Sam Ekstrom in just a second, but first I want to talk to you about the love of gambling. Football's over, but that doesn't mean you have to be done betting. There's still NBA, NHL, all sorts of great stuff. NBA MVP, futures, anything you want on betonline.ag. They're your online sports book experts. You can go gamble on whatever, even like reality TV and stuff. They've got all kinds of interesting odds, award shows, whatever, you name it. So head on over to betonline.ag. You can sign up on your mobile mobile device as well and enter promo code locked on at sign up and you can get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That means if your first deposit is 500 bucks, you get 750 bucks to play with. It's free gambling money. So head on over to betonline.ag. AG, your online sportsbook experts. Thursdays on Locked On NFL are really fun as Ryan Tracy and Jake Liskow are doing a future of your team kind of series. They're trying to fix everybody's situation. They're going over cap situations. They're going over free agency ideas and they're going team by team here. Eventually they'll get to the Vikings as well. Head on over to the Locked On NFL podcast on Thursdays. For that, you can even hear me on that show on Tuesdays. Every day there's something new on the Locked On NFL podcast wherever you find your favorite shows. All right, everybody still here with Sam Ekstrom for Former Locked On Vikings host, uh, zone coverage, everything, I guess, and now uh, working for Purple Insider with Matthew Collar. We're just chatting Vikings a little bit here. Uh, The next question I have, this is one that I was talking about a bunch on uh, Tuesday on on Twitter. Daniel Jeremiah did a mock draft, and he had Devonta Smith, of all people, actually falling to the Vikings and the Vikings taking him. And that sparked this whole thing about, like, should the Vikings take a wide receiver? Would they take a wide receiver? Or should they focus on offensive line and all that stuff? And I wonder where you fall on on that whole thing when it comes to the draft. And let's assume things are the same after free agency. Let's assume they use free agency to keep status quo. And, and if they don't fix, you know, guard or whatever, do they have to spend a first rounder there? Or would they be able to do it if like Kyle Pitts fell to them would they be able to pull that trigger yeah that was a big piece of of caller and I's podcast yesterday was the the Devonte Smith conversation because I think it's intriguing I think it'd be smart I think doubling down on offense is actually a, a pretty good move instead of counting on like fixing your 29th ranked defense actually just just try to score 35 points a game that might work um yeah. which I, I felt like they fell short of last year when they had the tools and then they they just ran so conservatively and really embraced, I think, scoring 24 points or 26 points a game, whatever it was. They could have been a top five offense and they settled for 11th. Um, I, I wasn't really fond of the way they executed that. So adding a third receiver to the mix would be fantastic, but that would also imply that Clint Kubiak is going to come in and change the scheme. Do we have any evidence to suggest that Mike Zimmer wants to change the scheme? No, he said he loves the system. 
The reason Clint yeah. Kubiak was promoted is because it's a continuation of his father. And it's somebody, I think, who, who Zimmer views as a coach that's fairly easy to, you know, uh, bend their will. I think Zimmer's going to get his way on this. And I don't think Zimmer really wants to change. I think he likes the multi-tight end fullback look uh, that's going to, to yield a lot of successful rushing plays and set you up for third and long sometimes. So I don't think it's realistic. I think it'd be fun. Like the, the two are very different. There's what I want to happen and what I think will happen. And I don't think it will happen. I also don't know if he falls to 14. I mean, I, I know Jeremiah yeah, is really thing. plugged in. Yeah, but yeah, I, it, there's only one red flag and that's that he's small. You know, like I, I don't, I think we've learned enough in the last few years of NFL football that size does not equal like, you know, durability or success. Like you can be small sure. and be tough. Uh, just because Devontae Smith got hurt in the national championship game doesn't mean he's made of paper and, and scotch tape. Uh, he's got every tool. He's a good slot guy. He's a good screen guy. He's a good deep guy. He's got good hands, runs good routes. That There's really not a knock on him. So I don't see him falling to 14. It, I can't believe that people would take, um, you know, Jamar Chase uh, in front of him. But that might happen. It might happen because mm -hmm. of what he did in the, uh, you know, on the Justin Jefferson team. So it would be outstanding if he was there and the Vikings like had the sort of the foresight to say, hey, you know, maybe we can actually be a passing team because we have Justin Jefferson now and now we're adding Devontae Smith. I just don't know if they're going to do that. I think they're a little bit rigid in their system and I'd be excited if that move was made, but I don't see it. Yeah, and I guess I, I agree that I think it would be an awesome thing if they did do it. I would love for them to do it. Um, but I, I guess I'm a little more hopeful that they would kind of see where the draft comes. I think Spielman has always been, a, and he says this all the time in his pressers and all this stuff. He says, listen, I'm just going to go get the most talent that I can get and let the coaches figure it out. And I don't think that they would be so rigidly married to this particular version. I think they're rigidly married to it right now because they think that's what's best for their personnel. But if that personnel were to change, if Rick were to say, nope, here's Devonta Smith, you figure it out. I, I think the coaches would generally embrace that if they were as high on Devonta Smith as everybody else is. But that's the thing about the draft, especially this year with a bunch of kids that opted out, no combine and all this stuff. The like Deeb's draft boards are going to be all over the place. So I feel like... That's just going to make it all really hard to predict. But I think at 14, there's going to be somebody really, really good on the board. And it'll be interesting to see if the Vikings actually pull that trigger or if they want to just kind of one for one replace, you know, if they want to go get another Kyle Rudolph, like sure, uh, if they end up cutting Kyle Rudolph. Um, but I mean, replacing Kyle Rudolph with another wide receiver, I don't think that takes them away from the bootleg, the outside zone. I think you can look at teams like uh, McVay's Rams, like LaFleur's Packers. They do a lot of that with 11 personnel. So I, there is a blueprint for it, and they could definitely do it if they wanted to, if the draft fell that way. Um, but yeah, I guess it just kind of depends on if they like those players as much as we all do, or do they just go take an edge rusher that they're really, really high on and not even give it a second thought? Right. Well, I mean, I... For the record, I would take Kyle Pitts, too. I mean, if you want to replace oh, sure. a Kyle for a Kyle, I love yeah. Kyle Pitts. And I think the team could convince themselves that, oh, you know, we, we lost a tight end. We're going to replace him with the tight end. And then we're going to run Irv and, Irv and Kyle Pitts and just be, you know, Gronk and Hernandez 2.0. But yeah, and I, that's four wide receivers, if you think about it. <laughs> oh, it'd be incredible. I think the first round shapes up pretty well for the Vikings, though, because 
They could yeah. use a, you know, a, in our opinion, a third wide receiver. They they need defensive line help in a big way. And, you know, maybe a tight end in Kyle Pitts. And I think at 14, there's going to be a run on one of those positions, leaving value at the other. Um, yeah. I, I'm also of the opinion that you could trade back in this first round if it yields you a second round pick. I think second round picks are super valuable. And then maybe you can consider going after a guard. Um, I wouldn't mind that either. But it, it is a kind of a nice sweet spot because I think you're going to have a bunch of quarterbacks go off the board. Um, you're going to have a few of those, you know, top heavy wide receivers probably, um, you know, leaving, if not Devontae Smith, a Waddle, a Bateman. Um, th- there's plenty of wide receiver talent beyond Devontae Smith in that first round as well. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of ways to go about this. And the Vikings are in an interesting, but not necessarily that hampered situation because they have so much mid-round capital. Like if they wanted to go up into the second at the cost of one or two of those fourth round picks, like I think most people would be fine with that. Um, but I, I want to switch gears here real quick while I still have you to free agency, which is coming up a little bit more, uh, more urgently. Who is your beat a guard, a receiver, a, a defensive lineman, whatever safety? Who is your free agency crush that I haven't thought that people haven't thought about yet? Who's the guy that that you are keeping an eye on that might end up on the Vikings? That isn't one of the. I mean, they're not going to go out and get JJ Watt, right? They're not. It going to get Justin Simmons. <laughs> no, they're not getting JJ Watt, right? <laughs> I, I maybe you know better than I do, Just but I would. <laughs> maybe he'll end up in the NFC North. Um, but who who's the underrated free agency prospect, I guess? Yeah. Um, first of all, I'm sure you've thought of these because you think of everything. And I, I doubt that I'll, <laughs> I'll slide one under your nose that you are shocked by. But uh, maybe there's um, a lot of players out there. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and again, assuming they they, I guess, reverse, assuming they don't draft anybody and that they need to fill these needs in in free agency. Um I'd advocate for them to to really spend the money wisely because I anticipate them having between 10 and 15 million in wiggle room. I don't think it's going to be a lot. Last yeah. year, they had about that much and they they spent most of it on Michael Pierce. And yeah. that was a nice acquisition. Michael Pierce also didn't play. And it's not that high value of a position either. Um, and so, you know, the Vikings could have gone out and they could have gotten like five contributors for that same money. Um, and, and they chose not to. So I, I think this year go after like three or four guys that can either be like a key swing piece or a potential starter or someone who can compete for a starting job. So like at guard, and these aren't perfect prospects because you're going to get them no. more cheaply, but Mikey Upati, you know, he, yeah. he's been solid for Seattle the past couple of years, really good run blocker, not as fast as, as the guards they typically bring in, but he's experienced. Yeah, he's 33, a little bit of an injury bug, but I think, you know, you're you're trying to maximize value with a couple million dollar contract or Lane Taylor, who's been hurt most of the last two yeah. years, but was really good when the Packers played the Vikings in week one. Uh, Lane Taylor's 31 years old. He's been a really good pass blocker in his career. So so bring in guys like that in their 30s who proven they can play and see if they can stay healthy uh, at wide receiver. I wouldn't mind going after a Danny Amendola. You know, that, that's a that's a big improvement uh-huh. on Chad Beebe. He's been pretty much the same guy uh, it, throughout his 30s. There's been no sign of tail off. He never drops the ball. He runs routes out of the slot. He gets a lot of first downs. I love Danny Amendola. Um, and that would be a clear improvement, I think, on Chad Beebe, who is going to get more expensive this year with an RFA tender. 
Um, defensive line. Lawrence Guy, I think, is pretty intriguing. Lawrence Guy, who had a nice career in, in New England. I think he'd come pretty reasonably, maybe on a two-year deal. He can play a little inside-outside. I like his versatility. And then Shelby Harris. And I, I'm curious to see what he oh, yeah. costs after the year he had. It's probably a little steep, but if you wanted to make a little splash, Shelby Harris was marvelous for Denver last year in that sort of three-tech role. So um, th- there's a couple on defensive line, a couple guards, um, and, a, and a receiver for you to to whet your appetite. We've got a, a top 10 free agents list coming at Purple Insider tomorrow, so I don't want to give the whole list away. Nice. I, I love all those ideas. I, I was huge on Shelby Harris last offseason, and then he signed the one-year deal, so... We'll see if uh, Denver can keep him around or or if I can crow endlessly about him again. <laughs> so one more thing before I let you go. I just want your spiciest Vikings take. It can be on any axis, but just give me something real spicy to just drop a drop a grenade and leave. Oh, man, I'm horrible at spicy takes, man. My spiciest <laughs> takes are, are still like I'm I, I've just got this Swedish mentality where I'm very vanilla and very boring. And <laughs> some Minnesotan of you. Oh, um, all right. I don't necessarily think that that Jeff Gladney is locked in as a starter next year. I wow. I, I think that he's got I still think he has to earn it. I mean, I, I still think that. He's 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 an outstanding prospect. He's a first round For pick. Sure. He can play inside and outside. Um, I don't think he was great in pass coverage last year. I also think that you know if Mike Hughes comes back healthy, I think he has to be in consideration to be a starter. And obviously, Cam Dantzler is, is going to be a starter. I'm pretty confident in that. Yeah, but you've only got three corners right now that you trust. I would say I don't think you trust Chris Boyd. Uh, necessarily in a in a large role. I don't know if you trust Harrison Hand, and then you've got you know the tertiary group, the the Chris Jones, the Tay Hayes. Mm-hmm. I I don't think they're very deep at corner, so I'd advocate for them to either sign a veteran free agent corner or draft one in the first let's say four rounds. So if you bring someone new in, I think if Hughes is healthy. Um, I feel like Gladney still has to sort of play his way into that. And and that's not to say that he'd be out of the rotation completely because Mike Zimmer does, you know, rotate corners. He might be in the rotation. I just don't think he, he'd be locked and loaded if someone else came in and looked really good. Is that spicy enough for you? Yeah, I think most people are taking that as kind of given. Like, all right, we got Dantzler, we got Gladney. Who else is the corner? And I, I think I trust Mike Hughes less than you do because I just don't know if he can get on the field. Neck injuries are scary. Yeah, and I think I, I'm with it, you on that. Like, especially as approaching an offseason, you should probably approach an offseason without, like, under the assumption that you're not going to have him so that you can kind of get your insurance policy. But I could definitely see somebody coming in, some, you know, veteran free agent that come. I mean, guys, corners were going for a million and a half last offseason. Um, you know, reasonable veteran corners like Dark East and Art and stuff. So mm-hmm. I could see them bringing a guy like that in. And yeah, Jeff Gladney didn't have all that encouraging a rookie season, um, you know, moving from outside to the slot, adjusting to Mike Zimmer's defense, adjusting to the NFL, no preseason, all that stuff. It makes sense. And I, and I still feel hopeful that he's going to be fine. But I could totally see somebody coming in and, and beating him out. And then we would all change our tunes quite a bit on that. I like that one. That's a good one. Sam, uh, tell people again where they can find all of your lovely work. 
purpleinsider.com. You can sign up for the newsletter. There's a free version, and then there's a paid version, which is more extensive and pretty much daily. And because I joined, I've got a fun promo code now, and you can find the, uh, the the promo subscribe button um, on my, my introductory article at purpleinsider.com. So check that out. And wherever you find your podcasts, the Purple Insider Podcast, five days a week with Matthew Collar and myself. Check it out. Sam, thank you so much for taking the time to join me. I appreciate it, Luke. You do good work here. All right. You can find all of Sam's stuff, like I said, in the show notes tomorrow. I think we're doing it. I think tomorrow is going to be the day we blow up the Vikings. We start it all from scratch. We're going to do a, a simulation offseason where we get rid of everything. We get rid of Cousins. We get rid of all of the the dead cap stuff. We get rid of all the big contracts, all the big veterans, and we start from scratch. And we'll see how good we can make the Vikings future in there. It's always a fun simulation, so I hope you guys stick around and join me. In the meantime, you can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. Show is on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. You can always send the show an email at Locked On Vikings Podcast at gmail.com or join the Discord community or any of the other awesome places you can interact with the community. All that stuff's linked in the show notes. I'll see y'all tomorrow, and as always, skull.